Welcome to the World Game Podcast, Steve Pearce and Clint Bolton with you. It's the first time, as you may, of course, notice that the pod has come from Australia instead of Christoph in Russia. But uh, as you would also have heard, Christoph did handball it, uh, as we say in AFL terms, to us uh, the other day and will happily take up the mantle. Now, before we get going, uh, although hello, Clint. G'day, Steve. Uh, before we start, uh, remember you can stream, download or subscribe to our podcast through the website sbs.com.au forward slash the world game. Now, there is a URL that you all know well. Now, Clint, although we're not in Russia, we do feel like we're in Russia often because we have seen an enormous amount of We're football, on Russian time. And we feel like we're involved in it. We're on Russian time. We're eating Russian snacks, drinking we? Russian beer. Well, not really, but you know, yeah, bit of bit of that. Um, what an inc- extraordinary couple of games we saw this morning to kick off the quarterfinals. But there's no doubt that, uh, no disrespect to France and Uruguay, the earlier match, the one we have literally witnessed just five minutes or so ago when it finished, Belgium against Brazil. What an absolute cracker! It was in the end, and it was all Brazil's second half, but. Belgium were well and truly worth their 2 0 lead in oh, the first half. How they good were, were they in the they first were half? They were just ruthless. Oh, they, they, it was like a knife through butter. Counter attack football, ruthless. It? Yeah, it was it was on show against Japan in the round of sixteen and on show again here. And to the detriment of Brazil, unfortunately. My team going <laughs> in, I'm gutted. Absolutely gutted. Yeah, so, not my team. I did say Belgium. I, I seem know, to remember. I know on you the, did. You didn't have to rub it in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but the Salisau after their humiliation in 2014, can't back it up and and redeem themselves. But this was no humiliation at all. Like, Brazil played really well. They did. They but, played really well. they were well. wasteful. Yes. The, the, on reflection, they'll just, they'll just wonder how they couldn't hit the target in key moments. Coutinho, Augusto had the chance. There was so many chances missed. You may well, of course, have caught up on the scores uh, and the sense that it is Belgium who went through at the hands of Brazil and that France who went through at the hands of Uruguay. But if you didn't, then that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty clear, isn't it? Yeah, well, Belgium. Okay, so so Belgium two, Brazil one. One, yes. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Not do enough. you want to do the other? Do you want to do the other game? The other game. What was the other game? I forget. It was that. It feels like that long ago. <laughs> Uruguay and France, of course. France got yes, the job done yes, two nil, yes. and that was a Varane goal from a set piece. Okay. Griezmann's mm. cheeky little well, we'll stutter. Get, we'll get to that because that All was right. that was a shocking moment for for the keeper in that match. But so, and it does mean, of course, that uh, France and Belgium, the neighbouring European countries, are going to meet uh, in the semi-finals. But uh, a couple more words on Brazil, because I know you said they were they were wasteful, but but they did have Thibaut Courtois mm. and some wonderful Belgium defence in front of them. They did. Very much so. Had to be. Had to be resilient. Had to be last ditch. And it was. Particularly, I think, the masterstroke from the coach, Martinez, was the inclusion of Fellaini, which actually you mm. picked before. And I thought, no, nah, no, nah, he's <laughs> going to stick to the first 11 that got the job done last week. But he didn't. Threw mm. Fellaini in, pushed De Bruyne on. Fellaini sat with Witzel, and they just shielded that, that back three and four at times because yeah. Mounier actually tucked in as a right fullback. So yes. that was key. Courtois, superb. Probably the game of the tournament, yeah. considering what was on the line. 
the goalkeeper game of the tournament, that was for sure. But on reflection, that moment where Jesus goes through and the foul from company, yeah. not given as a penalty, yeah, VAR didn't intervene. It was clear as day that was a penalty. So that was earlier than the goal scored. That could have turned things around Absolutely as well. Absolutely looked like a penalty to me. And there was another VAR um, decision later, which name I was trying to get well, from was, for a push, fine. but that, that, that clearly wasn't a penalty. But this one was, you're right. Absolutely. But it wasn't given... Uh, and that, well, at the end, maybe, maybe gone proves to be the difference. Well, in the VAR, finals? Yeah, and it's still utterly incomprehensible for most of us <laughs> when they make the decisions. Uh, also a word, though, on uh, Belgium up forward, Eden Hazard and Romelu Lukaku and, of course, De Bruyne. Lukaku. Firstly, Lukaku. My God. Uh, that's that's the best game I've seen him play mm. in, in any jersey. Uh, it's just outstanding. Pace. For the goal he set up for De Bruyne, just carved him up through he the middle. He picked that ball up from almost outside his own carved penalty him. area. Carved him mm. through the middle mm. with pace. We saw Mbappe do it against Argentina. It was frightening. And mm. just direct. It was clever in just shifting body weight left to right. And add to that De Bruyne, my word, that finish is just reminiscent of what he does at Man City on yeah, a consistent basis. And, and Hazard was always trouble. Always causing trouble. So... That it was a masterstroke, tactically from the coach, Martinez, masterstroke coming in. So I'm just going to now ask you to cast your mind back to the game that you briefly couldn't remember a minute ago, which was a few hours ago now. France against Uruguay. Now, France, who um, really have shaped as a wonderful team right throughout this tournament and have sort of got better and better and better and better. And, okay, it wasn't like 4-0, 5-1 this morning. Doesn't have to be. They were really good. They were, but leading into the match, we were all on Cavani watch yes. for Uruguay. Mm. So it felt like the balance of this game was going to shift one way or the other, depending on whether Cavani starts. He doesn't. He's he's out the calf. Uh, Stuani comes in. It was always advantage France after that because it just felt like it didn't have that weapon alongside Suarez to really trouble France. Mm. Stuani got in some decent positions, but just didn't have the quality to really worry France. And France... You know, they, they didn't create a huge amount of clear opportunities in reflection because yeah. I don't remember Muzzolera making too many saves. No. But they did enough. They were comfortable is what it was. They were very comfortable. Funny you should mention uh, Muzzolera. No, that's just sad. Hmm. I, don't like, I don't like seeing a goalkeeper go Well, no, clearly this. you wouldn't. But, no. Um, no, I don't. But tell us what happened. Oh, it's one of those. I've been through it many times. Well, a few times. Um, just a, a shot from Grosman outside the box on an angle. And it's coming pretty much directly at Muslera, who makes a little bit of a, a shift to the left to get in line. And it looks like there's a slight movement of the ball back to the right, and that puts him off. And then he tries to just uh, block the shot or palm the shot away, and he just gets it wrong. He gets it wrong. It comes up off the top part of his hands, loops over him, and, and just nestles into the back of the net. And it's on the biggest stage in the world. And uh, We saw it with Loris Karius for Liverpool in the mm. Champions League yeah, final. Yes, same right. sort of thing, yeah, same yeah. sort of situation. Yes. And unfortunately, like that was the case for Liverpool, they couldn't they couldn't get back from that deficit. So Uruguay, it felt like psychologically were that just damaged going 2-0 yeah, down at yeah, that time. Yeah. That so was the dagger. I mean, they were already chasing the game, back, but yeah. it, was, it was pretty tough it was from a there. sad end. Uh, and of course, if you do want to catch any of the, um, the highlights and you haven't seen them and you want to do more than just hear us talk about them, that's quite reasonable. Check it out on the app. You've got all the live matches, the game replays, as you know, and the extended highlights in full HD. That's on the app. And you can also, of course, uh, sbs.com.au forward slash FIFA World Cup. And that's 
it's got everything on there. Uh, the Varane goal was outstanding. It was a set piece that is straight from the training pitch. The teams are practicing more and more set pieces. That's clear because this is the World Cup of set pieces. Mm. So many goals scored from the dead ball. So what Grosman's done as he stood up to take the free kick, he's actually dummied his first run, halted. So some of the French players actually made their runs, dragged the Uruguayan defence deeper, out of shape. And then Varane sort of held his run. He sort of went left and right on his direct opponent and then charged, not towards goal, but more towards the corner post. And because Grosman's free kick was excellent, bending towards the far post, all it needed was the slightest of touches. Mm. And that's all Varane did in front of his defender. And it was too hard for Muslera to get across mm. and save. So it was brilliantly done, but clearly a set piece done on the training panel. Yeah, it was beautiful to watch. It really was. And, uh, you know, we can mention, you know, Pogba was excellent. Kante was excellent. Don't forget Loris' save. Loris, Not yes, long after yes, the goal. Yes. That was pivotal from the header. Save, from, of, the, save of the tournament? No, it's up there. Courtois made a decent couple. Yeah, yes, don't forget, yeah. don't forget Pickford for England, yes. that late save yes. as well. How can I forget the England save? Of course. <laughs> but with the funny, the, not funny, but the extraordinary scenes were um, as we were coming towards the end of this game and Uruguay had to defend a free kick. Yeah, and, there is, and there is uh, Jimenez openly oh, crying. Yeah, right. I thought you were going to talk about all the... All the dirty stuff and Bappe going to ground and then the surrounding of the players. But well, yeah, the tears. You just brought that up. But I just thought that that was really indicative. It's it's one thing the fans crying in the crowd and, you know, yeah. when Muslera made that. that mistake, we saw a young kid in the crowd crying and you're like, yeah, yeah, well, of course you're going to cry. That's what you do when yeah. you're a kid. But, you know, for the actual, for one of the, the players to be crying while the game's still going on, knowing it's, that Uruguay's going to go out. Still a good six, seven minutes out mm. from the end. It was, the setup was for the listeners... There was a free kick to France and there was a wall being set up and Jimenez was in the wall and the camera just went straight to him because he was mm. bawling. I've never seen anything like it. Neither have I. So that's how much it means. And the game isn't even over. You know, it's unless you play the game, I guess you're a fan, Steve, so maybe you know it to some level because fans are, clearly shed many tears when yeah. the team goes out. Yes. But for a player during a game, that's next level. Yeah. I've never seen that. It, it certainly shows the commitment and what these results mean yeah. to uh, to the players involved, and it certainly meant something to the Uruguayan players. Uh, let's hear from SBS journalist in Moscow, Olga Klepova, who has just been to the Fan Fest and witnessed both the joy of the French fans that we're talking about and the confidence, although it turned out to be somewhat misplaced, of the Brazilian supporters. And as we heard, their hopes were not meant to be. I love this. You know, the World Cup is something that you need to live once in a lifetime experience. We're going to the semis and we're going to win this World Cup. On va gagner! 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 Here at the Fan Fest, the central gathering place for the football fans, you see people from different countries and even continents coming to support their favorite teams or the host country just because. So tell me where you're from? South Africa. All the way from South Africa. From what I know, South Africa is not involved in this World Cup. So who are you going for? I'm going for Russia. And why is Russia your choice? Because Russia is the host country and South Africa was the host country in 2010. 
and I support the host country. I've flown all the way from South Africa to Moscow to support Russia. What's your impressions of Russia and general the World Cup, how it's all organized? I think the women are fantastic, they're beautiful, the beer's cold and I love the atmosphere. So do you reckon Russia has a chance to go all the way to the final? I think Russia will beat Croatia and make the semi-finals and then play England and lose. I think I have to edit this out. <laughs> Thank you guys, enjoy. My name is Abdur from, from Libya. Oh, you're from Libya, but you're going for Brazil. I, don't love, I love Team Brazil, yes. I'm from Sudan and I support Brazil as well. Brazil was the first team I watched like uh, by my eyes when I was a kid. They were winning like 2002 World Cup. I fell in love with Brazil team. So that's the, that's the, that's why I'm, I'm supporting Brazil. Yeah. You're not going to repeat the World Cup 2014? Oh, no, 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 no. Thank God Germany's out now. So no, no, no. 2014 is not going to happen again. Yeah. Thank God. Today's match was the morning match, not only for Brazilian fans, but for all of those who were supporting Brazil and saw it as the last representative of Latin American continent. I'm from Brazil, from the south part of Brazil. Are you here with your friends? Yes, I'm my with, friend. No, he's my Russian friend, but I'm here with a group of Brazilians, and we are all cheering very much for our, our, our team to win the World Cup. Football is something that we in Brazil are very proud of. We have many problems in Brazil and football is something that we take very serious. And that's why we all came to Russia if we have the condition to. Are you confident that Brazil can do this or you, you have a bit of fear? I, ho I hope so because our football team this year is much more mature than we were in the last World Cup in Brazil. And uh, Neymar is playing at, as at its best and I hope that he's going to do very well in this world. So you reckon Neymar is your only hope? Yes, no, it's not my only hope, but it's one of my hopes. That's why I have Neymar shares. Thank you very Neymar, much. Continue. But let's go to the winner of today's games France Uruguay to the French fans. So we have Albi from France. Everyone's taking pictures with you, Albi. What's going on? I love this. You know, the World Cup is something that you need to live once in a lifetime experience. We're going to the semis and we're going to win this World Cup. On va gagner! On va gagner! On va gagner! On va gagner! Here I have Florian, whose team just won over Uruguay to Neil. Congratulations! Thank and you. you're finally in the semi finals. How do you feel about that? Um, uh, I don't believe it. I cannot believe it because uh, it was unbelievable. Since the beginning, they were. At the beginning, they were playing very, very bad. So we see, we think that our French uh, will not uh, win at the World Cup. And now they play very, very good. I don't know what's happened, but this World Cup is crazy. Russia is uh, winning against uh, against Spain. France is winning against uh, Argentina and Uruguay. So what is uh, what is this uh, World Cup? I, I cannot believe it. I'm very very happy. So what is your answer? What's what's happening with the team? Why are they playing so well? I think uh, it's always like this. You remember in uh, Euro Euro uh, in Paris in 2016, they were playing against uh, Portugal and they didn't win because they they fought that they could win because it was easy. They went all the way almost to the Yes, yes, but against a strong team, they are very, very motivated to, to play and to, and to win. But against 
small team, they play very, very bad. But for this match, it was crazy. The match uh, off with uh, Argentina, it was very, very crazy. So I hope they will be friends against Brazil to leave again uh, the final uh, in 1998 with Zidane, with Barthez. And win again? And win again 3-0. <laughs> Well, that's probably a yeah, big French dream. Unfortunately, we won't see it in the final, for sure. I mean, France and Brazil, that's not going to yes, happen as, as a final. Maybe France-Russia, uh, we don't know. I don't know. I like the colors, you know, blue, it's, white and red. It's matching colors and I live in Russia. I love Russia. I would like to play with Russia. And I would like to, to see uh, Russia in final because uh, I see that everyone in Russia are so happy. and. It, it's, it makes me happy because uh, I live here and I know that uh, Russian people are not so happy usually, <laughs> but now they are, so, they are so happy and it makes me feel... It's like personal birthday for everyone here. Everyone, yes, actually, yes. Thank you very much, Florian, and good luck. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Olga Klepp over there with uh, the French fans and the Brazilian supporters, but please don't misconstrue that as I uh, mention that because it's only the French fans and the Belgian fans that are happy this morning. The Brazilian fans uh, are already probably on the plane home or back in bed or... Yeah, just not very happy generally because they're out. And as Clint mentioned Crying earlier... tears on the Copacabana. All the South American... At least they have the Copacabana. Gone, 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 gone. Uh, so it will be France against Belgium in the semi-final uh, early hours of Wednesday morning. But don't go anywhere. We've still got plenty more to come. We'll be having a closer look at the other two quarterfinals, which will be uh, starting later tonight. And we'll hear also uh, from a Russian sports journalist and his thoughts on the World Cup to this point. Don't miss a moment of the 2018 FIFA World Cup with SBS Radio. Hear the passion with every match in multiple languages. All live and free on SBS Radio and the 2018 FIFA World Cup app. Download now. You're listening to the World Game Podcast. Steve Pearce and Clint Bolton with you as we uh, chew over the uh, the results of uh, earlier today as uh, France and Belgium both uh, qualify from the quarterfinals at the expense of Uruguay and Brazil. So a great morning for Europe and not such a good one for South America and France and Belgium will play the semi-final. But uh, let's head to Moscow now again and Olga Klepova. So here I have Nikolai Saprin, a sport journalist and the commentator, and you are commenting on these matches during this World Cup on every single match, Nikolai, or? Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, not every single, but uh, for, for this day, I think uh, commented about uh, 35 or 40. Uh, I and my colleague uh, from Radio Mayak, Alexander Nitsenko, were broadcasting most of these games. This is the radio. We, we actually, in Australia, we receive these comments, your comments, live during the games of uh, Russian national team. Nikolai, you've been at a few World Cups, four World Cups, but this is the first time you are pretty much hosting. Yes. Well, you are being at the World Cup that your country is hosting. For example, even now, we're doing an interview from Red Square. Tell me what sort of feelings, emotions it's bring, it brings to you as a journalist and as a citizen. You know, uh, it's unbelievable for me, uh, maybe 10 years ago, but didn't think about it. Didn't think about that uh, Russia can host Olympic Games, for example, or World Cup. But now it's reality, it's great. Uh, in the day uh, when uh, Russia became the coast, 2nd of December 2010, yes, 
my son uh, was born. My son was born, and uh, it's a big holiday for me. And after that, uh, I, I couldn't wait, uh, wait uh, the World Cup of Russia, uh, eight years, I think. It's uh, more personal for me. And when it comes to more um, professional point of view, how did Russian team perform? How do you think they perform? Was it something that you expected from them to see such a great result, you know, getting into quarterfinals? It's uh, uh, unbelievable because uh, before the World Cup, nobody thought that is possible. Uh, it's uh, not strong team. They played uh, only um, friendly games before World Cup, and uh, I think only two, three games, uh, Russian team uh, became good, not perfect, good. But before the directly before the World Cup, it was very sad. It's uh, unbelievable, not uh, only for us. I think it's. Uh, Surprised for, for the players. FIFA president Gianni Infantino said that after this World Cup, no matter how we perform during the Croatia Russia Croatia game, but the Russian team positioned itself quite highly. Do you, and also he added that probably that would mean that the Russian football will revive itself. Do you agree with that? What are your thoughts? I'm not sure, but I want to hope for it. Because, um, you know, uh, football for Russia is more than sport. It's, it's uh, like life. I think uh, now Russian people and Russian players, of course, believe in, in every possibility. Now they uh, understand that uh, everything is possible. I think, yes, yes, it's a big moment for, for Russia and a big, big moment for increasing, for develop of football, of sport. Well, I guess there will be lots of emotions during the game Russia-Croatia. Good luck for you. You head into Sochi. Thank you, Olga. Thank, thank you, everybody. Thanks to uh, Olga Klepova there in Moscow doing a wonderful job for SBS Radio. Uh, Clint, it's time for us to turn our attention to uh, the quarterfinals to be played this evening. And the first of those is a game close to my heart. Well, close to everyone's heart. I think everyone is interested. Sweden haven't been uh, at the real business end of the World Cup for a long time. England for a long time. So here we go, head-to-head for a place in the semi-finals tonight. Yeah, Sweden's close to my heart too, Steve. <laughs> it, it's one of those nations that I would love to travel to. Cliff, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> it's all about the pomps, let's be honest. It's oh, all about England. Bringing it home and all that sort of jazz. We know what's going it's on. It's coming home. Is it really, Steve? No, Let me I don't ask. know, actually. I'm not sure. I, How do you feel I feel as a supporter? quietly confident about the Sweden game. Yeah. I don't know what comes after that. I'm going to have to Do wait you really think what... you can trouble Belgium and France? That's the real issue. From what I've seen this morning, I think we would go in as massive underdogs yeah. to Belgium and France in a final. But we're a long way off that. We've got to beat Sweden in a quarterfinal. I was going to say, first. I think they'll struggle against Sweden, to yeah, be quite honest. I think Sweden they will be tough to break down, won't they? They struggled in the last match against mm. a, a deep-lying defence. Yep. I think the same will be happening again against Sweden, mm. who have proven a really tough opposition throughout this World Cup. They take the lead. Every match so far, they've taken the lead and they defend for their lives. They're hard to score against. Mm. So key to this game, Steve, is scoring first. Yes. Or, As it or, so often is. Or it could be scoring at all. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Penalties, ex- penalty shootout? Yeah. Is that what we're thinking? Uh, I, think it's, I think there's every chance. Two in a row for England? I think there's every chance and we don't fear it now. We embrace it. Uh, yeah, look, I think from, from this perspective, this just shapes as a really, really tight, Tough. tense tough match it won't be physical in the sense the way that Colombia approached England but it will be physical old style sense you know a 4-4-2 old style football and Sweden will be just 
tough to Set break down. pieces will be key. Uh, Christoph Mallet, he's a man who we know well. He actually, uh, as you, as regular listeners to the pod would know, um, having heard yesterday's or, or the day before's uh, edition, uh, caught up with Martin Tyler in Russia and did ask him on his thoughts on England. And uh, we, uh, giving away a, a corner is almost like giving away a penalty to England. They're so dangerous. And uh, there is more to the team than that. But there's no doubt that that's what's got them to where they are. There is, listen, the, the way I've been putting it to everybody, and I'll say the same to you, there's a feeling of destiny around the English support, or is it just wishful thinking? The veteran commentator, I'm sure Martin wouldn't mind me calling him that, veteran English commentator what Martin legend. Tyler. Legend? I grew up on the voice of Martin Tyler. Mm. Yeah. So what a legend. He SBS is a legend. Own. He's been a wonderful commentator yes. all over the world for so many years and certainly on SBS as well. Uh, he's been terrific. He's been terrific during this tournament as well. And like all English people, <laughs> 1966 is a long time ago. We would love to see England get through to at least the I, final. I hope, I hope there's someone there with a heart rate monitor on Martin Tyler if he gets to call England in Ooh, a World Cup final. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be bad be careful. enough on the There's a lot of, of English people around that will have to be careful uh, during that period. Yes, yes. But we do, of course, wish all our Swedish listeners good luck. <laughs> I'm sure there are some in Australia, let's face it. Uh, good luck to everyone there. So that's the Sweden-England match. We'll bring you that. Uh, that's the early kickoff. So that's around midnight Sydney-Melbourne time, East Coast time uh, tonight. What about um, Croatia-Russia? Isn't it extraordinary that we sit here all these weeks later and we... we we were here hosting on that very, very first, first morning when Russia were really just going through the motions as hosts. They were going to finish third, probably ahead of Saudi Arabia, and that was it. They were going to, you know, have a little bit of glory hosting the World Cup and move on. And here we are in the quarterfinals, place in the last four. Mm. Can they do it? The lowest ranked team leading in, no form, lost. They were winless seven seven matches coming into this World Cup. Not a chance in the world. But just goes to show you what a host community a host fan base can do for your mm. for your um, expectations and your progression through a world cup it's been done before only south africa in 2010 have not progressed out of the group so that shows you what it means and it's great the story to this point but i think to this point it ends i, I really believe the the riding of that emotional wave will come to an end at a very impressive croatia's croatian's hands you so you're not expecting this to be too close it could be close, but I think Croatia will get it done. I think they've got the quality. Uh, Russia have some quality who have produced to expectation or beyond at points, but Croatia are rife with quality. What 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 differs um, with the challenge that Croatia uh, posed rather than Spain in the previous round? Spain were way too open. Um, Russia had a height advantage set pieces, example. Uh, Croatia are more of a complete team. Mm. They're dangerous from set pieces. For me, I'm looking at the goalkeepers. Subasic, a much better keeper than Akinfayev, regardless of Akinfayev's penalty shootout heroics. That's all it is. That's all it is. In in the main game, Subasic takes, if you go on a one-on-one, Subasic all day. And they've got Luka Modric up against a handy Golovin, but he's still the youngster, the up-and-comer. So a lot still rides on the shoulders of Zuba, who I felt like is the guy that's really stood up at this World Cup. He's like the, the spiritual leader. Come follow me. You know, I'm the guy. You see him when he celebrates. He's just fired up. He gets the crowd involved. So maybe if they can ride his emotional energy throughout, there might be a sniff. 
but Croatia have just got too much talent. Rakitic in the middle, Perisic. It's just a beautifully balanced team. Clint, there's uh, six teams left in the World Cup for 2018. Who wins it? All European teams left. Uh, well, my team Brazil's out, so I couldn't give much of a hoot, to be quite honest. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, th- I firmly believe it comes from this side of the draw that we've seen tonight, out of France uh, and Belgium. Okay. Uh, I just, I think Croatia will make the final. Yep. Uh, but it'll be either France or Belgium to win. Can you pick? Can you? Does is that literally a fifty-fifty call for you at the moment? They're very similar teams. Mm. Quality, good on the counter, quick. They're very similar. I will say, out of the six teams left, two, there's only two World Cups between them over the journey. France have won one. England yeah. have won one. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, there's no Germany, no Argentina, no Brazil. It's a new in story. In a semi-final mm. for the first time ever. Yeah. So yeah. whatever the story is going to be, it feels like it's going to be just a new chapter to the World Cup story it's going to be good I think France has got the edge I just think they're just slightly the more complete team yeah, that's fair enough but I'm can't argue of, with that kind of hoping Harry Kane might still well, of have something to say about it of course you are <laughs> Clint it's been a pleasure we'll be back Always. on um, semi-final night Can't for that wait. first one France calling it should be, I know it'll be tremendous on SBS radio uh, Jordan and Kate are going to assume the microphones for the World Game pod uh, tomorrow which uh, we wish them well it's been a wonderful experience I've enjoyed it loved it hope you have too uh, and we'll be back tomorrow morning of course with the quarterfinals uh, of uh, Sweden and England Russia and Croatia and then uh, we'll be renewing the pod straight to your doorstep with Jordan and Kate so thanks for your company and we'll talk to you soon Thank you.